Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Welcome, 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 welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. Today we will be talking about I'm not okay with this. For some strange reason, I keep wanting to say I'm so not okay with this. I don't know why. I I don't know if it's me trying to create my own show from this show, a spinoff or something, but it is called I'm Not Okay With This. So if you hear me throughout the show, put so in there, just know that I'm wrong. Anyway, I'm your host, Juwan, and today we have an amazing panel, as always. Tia, I did not forget myself this time, but welcome, Tia. (laughs) Hey, guys. I think that we spoke last night, if I'm not mistaken. We definitely did. We definitely did. It it has been a quick turnaround from (laughs) last night's podcast to tonight's podcast. Um, but we're some pod and fools out here, so we do it, we love it, and, you know, we hope you guys love it. Um, but also, welcoming back, we just potted with him last night also, Dom, what's going on, Dom? <laughs> hello, hello, everybody, nice to be here, and this is the first time I've done a review show podcast. We've done movies, I haven't done yeah. a show one, though. Yeah, this is the first time I... Dom, you can attest to it. I was very excited to know that you saw this show and you finished it and you liked it. I immediately was like, all right, we got to get Tia to hurry up and watch this so we can review it. And then Tia messages me today, like from uh, talking about like a scene. I'm like, what is she talking about? And I'm like, oh my God, she's watching it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, she's pretty far. Um, I told so. you I would. And you know, I, uh, I'd like to be a woman of my word, and I didn't have anything else to watch. And I was like, you know what? Juwan has been asking me for a few days now. Uh, you and Dom, you know, attested to how easy of a watch it was. And, yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, what? It's just about two hours, two and a half hours of my day, and I really liked it. Good. I am so glad to hear that. Um, for anyone out there who is curious about the show, I want to give you a little bit of a synopsis before we go into our, our breakdown of the show. This won't be an overtly long one. We're, we're recording this pretty late at night, so it won't be super long. Um, quite like the show. But um, I'm, I'm Not Okay With This is about Sydney, who is a teenage girl navigating the trials and tribulations of high school while dealing with the complexities of her family, her budding sexuality, and mysterious superpowers just beginning to awaken deep within her. Um, this show was created by someone I give immense credit to, and that is Jonathan uh, Entwistle, uh, who also created um, End of This Effing World. Uh, he created the show alongside Christy Hall. We also can give a little bit of credit to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, God, I just completely lost his name in my mind. Um, I think it's Sean Levy. Uh, who was the co-creator of um, Stranger Things. I'm double-checking here. Sean Levy, yep, is the co-creator of Stranger Things. He was uh, the producer for this. Um, So obviously this is in really, really, really good hands. Um, But Tia, I'm going to start off with you. What were your initial thoughts through the first watch-through? 
like, was this something that surprised you? Did you kind of go into it like, I hope Juwan's not overhyping this? Because um, my first watch through, I, I think I told either you Tia or you Dom, it it took it took until maybe that very last scene of the very last episode for me to figure out that this wasn't Carrie. I thought it was Carrie, um, like everything about it just screamed Carrie to me. Um, so, what were your initial thoughts, Tia? Yeah, so. I also kind of, I didn't think that necessarily it was Carrie. I thought that it was taking a lot of inspiration from Carrie, especially in um, perhaps the second to last scene. And it reminded me a bit of Stranger Things because you have the young girl who is trying to discover herself along with trying to make sense of her powers. Obviously, uh, Sydney is different than, say, Eleven. I will tell you the one thing, because I watched it with my boyfriend today, and we had to ask ourselves several times, when does this take place? Because it did have such a, you know, reminiscent feeling to Stranger Things. I almost, it, to me, it could have taken place in the 80s, and the only thing that immediately stood out to me was that they had USB drives. So then I was immediately like, oh, okay, it takes place in current time. Um, at first, I'll admit my first watch through, um, probably the first half hour of the show, I kind of was a little like, Juwan's overhyping this a little. But as I went <laughs> through it, I then started really enjoying it because I don't want to say that, like, I was exactly like Sydney, but there were a few things that I could really relate to, um, and I found myself continuing to say, I'm like, yep, okay, that's, that's how it was, remember, in high school, you know, uh, little things like that, and I liked that aspect. Um, and uh, I liked the dynamic of, first of all, her home life, which sounds messed up because of what happened with her father, but it's like I could see it from her perspective, but I could see it from the mother's perspective. I love the brother. I thought he was definitely a shining little light in this uh, this season. And I think I told you this on Messenger, and you were like, Shh, don't tell me anymore. But my favorite character was Stanley, because I loved how kind of odd and peculiar he was, but in such great spirits, but then we obviously see how rough of a home life he has, and like, they're, this, okay, I know they said the, like, fuck a thousand times, but it seems almost like a, your quote-unquote, like, light-hearted, typical, like, maybe teen show, because if they took away the superpowers, it would just be about a teen girl discovering herself. But for some reason, the one scene when uh, Stanley comes out and he's about to go to, I, I think he was about to go to the party, and he stops and he sees that his father is home. And this is after we heard him talk about how rough life is with his father, and his father immediately calls him the F word. And that, for some reason, was just, like, so real and kind of, like, took the show out of, just being a typical lighthearted teen show. I don't know why that just struck me so hard. It was a little 
uh, jarring that they even said that word because I certainly feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not something that ever was said on Stranger Things. So I, you know, that happened. And just the whole thing, we'll get more into it, obviously. But I found myself more intrigued as we found out about her powers, um, you know, her and Stanley working together, trying to discover her powers. And then obviously how that freaking show ended was like, oh, my God. Um, so we'll get more into that. But my initial thoughts were I was pleasantly surprised with how much I my attention was grabbed. And I felt like almost dissatisfied with how it ended only because it had ended. At that point, I was like, oh, come on, you're leaving us with this because the episodes are so short that you didn't get to soak it in like you would say Stranger Things, which run for, what, like 45 minutes to an hour. These are like 20-minute episodes long. And I'm like, oh, I was just, like, getting deep into this, and now I got to wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like this show, I mean, the reason why I loved End of This Effing World was that it felt so real and raw. Um, coming from a place to where it's just not the best situation, you know, you're kind of living with a parent who's kind of just going through the, you know, the, you know, the steps. Um, very much so, Dom, you can attest to this. Uh, the, the, the guy from End of This Effing World, his dad was kind of just going through the motions. Um, since, you know, he lost his wife and, and he lost his mom, it was kind of no connection there. They obviously loved each other. We saw that in season two when his dad unfortunately passed away. Um, but there was just no connection there. It was kind of just going through the motions like, oh, good morning, oh, good morning, like, oh, you know, have a good day at school. So it was just the raw and, and, and real emotion of, like, how actual people's lives are when a dynamic of life changes. Um, so I, I love that. Uh, we also know that she lost her father uh, in that show also, but to come back to, to Sydney and um, I'm not okay with this, I loved it because I loved how Maggie, her mother, um, broke down and kind of just told her, like, look, you view him as this hero. Um, and usually that's, that's almost a thousand percent how it works in in households, usually – that's why you have the term daddy's girl, and then that's why you have the term mama's boy. It's usually how families are structured, um, if we're being completely honest. It's usually like if there's two kids, you know, the son usually takes, a, you know, a huge, um, not liking, but like, a, you know, a feeling of protecting from their mother, and the daughter feels that way of their, of their father. Um, so it very much so was the feeling of she was a daddy's girl. And then she lost someone that she didn't just view as a dad, but she viewed as a best friend. Um, And then I loved how her mother was trying to tell her, like, that's not really how things were. You're remembering it wrong. Or you're remembering it, you know, uh, purely in the standpoint of how you wanted it to be. But it wasn't always like that. And I loved it because her mom was getting really raw in the idea of, like, I'm here. Like, even if you don't want me to be, I'm here. I'm present. I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'm working a job that I hate um, so you and your brother can be okay. And I get it if I'm maybe not the the nicest at all times, but I'm trying. Um, And I kind of really felt like that was – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tia. And I'm sorry. I I really liked it as well because, 
you know, kids, and we can all attest for this, we don't think that way. We just think our parents aren't spending enough time with us. And it's like she's putting a roof over your heads as a single parent now, and this is how she has to do it. She no longer has a partner to assist with that, to go get the groceries, to bring in another income. She ha- Do you think she – it's like, oh, okay, I'm not spending time with you. That's great. You think I want to work 60 hours at a job that I clearly hate? And it was like how you and I were talking about Narcos Mexico when uh, Walt's brother died and his, his you know, sister-in-law had to tell him, like, you know, this is how your brother really was. And it's like, this is what Maggie had to do to Sydney. Like, this is how your, your father really was. This is my husband. You lost your dad. I lost my husband. I had to go downstairs and actually find uh, him like that. And that's just so real. I think anyone who has a family member who has committed suicide can relate to that because there are so many unknowns whenever that happens. And I like that, you know, and to say I like it because it was a really serious topic, but that she was just so desperate for a note. Like, what do you mean he, you know, left and didn't even leave any sort of explanation as to why he even left. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. And that's, I want to get into my favorite character. You gave us yours, Tia, on, on Stanley, which was a great pick. I, I was Stanley. If I'm being a thousand percent honest with you, <laughs> in high school, I was Stanley. Um, so I, I agree with you. I love Stanley, but there was Liam. I loved Liam. Liam to me was the heart was the heart of Sydney. He was the one person that broke the barrier of Sydney. Like Sydney wasn't an a hole to to Liam. Um, she felt as though you know I have to protect him. Um, and I loved it. I, I loved when Liam got real after he got rocked in the face trying to impress a girl older than him. Um, like. Damn it, Sydney! Like you ruined things for me. Like you're not supposed to. Like it's not like having an older brother that steps in. Having your sister fight your battles for you will never go well. Um, so you know him dealing with that, him being too young to really feel the significance of you know his dad committing suicide. So it was one of those things where it was like I loved Liam, and I, I thought it was so adorable when he made that decision disgusting dinner um <laughs> for them um it just he was he to me was so vital to That's such a maybe kid not thing, though <laughs> oh that is a kid thing for sure for sure um he wasn't necessarily important to the story but to me the reason why i valued him so much is because he was important to sydney and sydney was vital to the story um so that was our way of seeing sydney broken down um, you know, her not being so protected, so guarded, because when it came to Liam, that was when she kind of broke down. Like, you want to play board games? You want to do puzzles? What do you want to do? She even went downstairs for him, and she had made it very clear she had no interest in going downstairs. Um, so that, to me, was very important. That character, his development, I can't wait to see him uh, in season two. This show better get picked up for a season two. Like, I'm not playing. Um, you wouldn't so be okay with it. No, I am not okay with that. Uh, <laughs> doesn't get picked up for a season two. Uh, I will lose my mind. Um, but Dom, I want to kick it over to you, man. What were your initial thoughts on season one? And 
before you round out your your um your breakdown, give us who you thought was the standout of this season. Uh, well, <laughs> first thing that I noticed that it was funny to me that happens to a lot of different actors, but um, since it's so early in his career, um, Wyatt, Wyatt Olaf to play Stanley, his two biggest roles are guys named Stanley. Play Stanley in It and then Stanley in, in this show, <laughs> which is funny to me. Uh, um, but, no, like, the show initially, I mean, from the jump, when – you know, she's covered in blood, walking on the street, which is a definite um, carry vibes. But just the, just the, that beginning, the Dear Diary, go fuck yourself. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in, because I know that it automatically was, like, trying to shock you and kind of get you ready for this is going to be a somewhat of a intense ride at some point. Um, and I think for me the thing that, I liked so much was not just the the raw real of like teenage life, but the fact that we're in the age of um, celebrating the outcast of uh, growing up, and not just the outcast, but the outcast that are okay with being an outcast. They're not trying to fit in with the crowd. They're trying to figure out how come everybody else isn't being themselves. Um, and, you know, especially with, like, Stanley's character, he just, I'm who I am, who I am. And what the funny thing with him, too, is that I feel like he still kind of wanted to fit in as far as, like, you know, he wanted to be part, have the high school experience to go to dances and the football games. He just wanted to view them from his perspective. Um, and then you have Sydney, who was just like, I'm here. And she doesn't really, she's not really, you know, aware of, like, I'm just putting on these clothes that I wore yesterday. I did. Oh, well. I'm going to school. I don't really care. Like, she doesn't, she didn't really think. And I feel like most of us, when we were in high school, we overthought of, like, I got to wear this and I have to look cool or I need to fit in with these people. And I like the fact that, like, with um, this show, with Stranger Things, with the end of the effing world, that the characters... Uh, are what we would consider outcasts, but they're just like, this is who I am, and they don't have to fit in, which makes them more of of a unique character. And most of the time we get shows, uh, teenage shows, where they're trying to fit in. They're trying to figure out, how come I'm not like everybody else, and I'm weird, and they're like, and they're going a different route, which is what I wish I would have done when I was in high school. I was somewhat of a jock because I played football, but then I had this geek side that, no one saw except for, you know, my really close friends. And then I felt like I had to put on this cape when I went to school and be the big tough guy, and it's hella overrated <laughs> to do that. Um, so the fact that, you know, younger people who are able to watch these shows are able to view this and be like, oh, I can just be myself and be okay, and the people who rock with me, that's who rocks with me. I don't need everybody else to be uh, part of my friend group because if you don't like me the way I am, then you don't need me. Um, but no, the um, the show is just. I, for one, I do like the. I hate and love the the shorter episodes because I can rewatch the show very quickly, multiple times. You know, I know a lot of times when there's a show and the second season isn't till uh, 
like a year or two later, and then you want to, oh, man, I got to go back and catch up. And then it takes, oh, you know, two days to catch up on the season before because they're hour or hour plus long, then it's, it takes forever. So the fact that these are shorter and you still get a lot of um, information and action that's going on, I do like that they were able to fit it all into a, to shorter episodes because um, I've, I've rewatched it twice already. And today I was going to uh, going back and watching a couple other episodes. Um, but I do I like the way that they did the build up of her, you know, having these powers, not wanting the powers. And Stanley's like, of course, if you know when they did the little questions, what would you want? Powers? Or, of course, anybody who you know was offered super superpowers, of course you want powers. And she's like, mentally like, I don't want this shit. This is the last <laughs> thing I want. You know, because it's almost kind of like for her, it kind of felt like her going th- going through a second puberty. Like she had already gone through it at some point when she was younger, but now it kind of seems like she's going through it again with her powers of like, okay, this is happening. How do I use it? And then you see her slowly like, okay, I think, okay, I know when it happens. Okay, uh, it's really powerful. It happens when I'm angry. And then we see her, like, with the lock, and she's, like, she focused in. Like, oh, I can kind of control this thing. It was kind of that whole, like, I'm figuring out my body. Um, and and, and the, I think the best part of it is the fact that we don't know how much she can do. I mean, she goes from, you know, making a nosebleed to knocking a sign over to blowing some trees down, and it just progressively got more – got bigger, but it's still, you know, making things float. There's there's almost, for at least for now, no um, limitations to her power. So, it, you know, there's there's so many routes they can go, which I think that they did a great job in, in doing that. Um, and I'm excited to see what they're going to say, how, how they're going to explain how this happened. Um, I th- and I think the um, they did a great job with the the fr- the friend situation because I feel like most teenagers, you know, we especially nowadays with social media, we do see like, oh, I have thousands of people who follow me, but end of the day, you have a handful or less, you know, one to one to four maybe who really get you, understand you, that know all your real secrets, and to actually show an accurate representation of that with, you know, the struggles with, their, you know, uh, their friendship itself with, you know, um, Dina getting a boyfriend, and then she's like, I think I got to get one too because I need to be on the same level to her being confused on maybe I love my best friend more than a friend, um, I feel like those are a lot of struggles that we don't see, which makes it more real. Um, but I think the character that I probably, you know, liked the most um, was probably Stanley because of what I said previously is that he was living his truth, and at that age, I wasn't able to do that. And if I had a chance to go back to do that, I would more than welcome that opportunity to do that, to be who you, you know, really are, because I did the whole, 
uh, I'll reinvent. I'll, I'll be my real self in college, but in high school, you you could have had a a better experience when you know being yourself and find those real friends who uh, were really into the same things you were into. Um, and I think I kind of relate to I relate to both Sydney and Stanley's characters with the uh, single parent and having to kind of do a little more than you were your friends may have had to do or that you wanted to do and you did kind of feel like you know why I have to do all these things I'm just I'm a teenager and but you know not realizing that you your parents are sacrificing for you. And then, you know, you've realized that, hey, I'm an asshole because I'm being super selfish. Um, so, yeah, I think Stanley's probably the, the, the most relatable character for me. Um, but, yeah, this uh, they – I don't know how they did what they did. Um, but, yeah, this show turned out fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I loved everything you said. Um, I, I want us to, and I'm going to pass it to you first, here. I want us to go into um, a few more characters <clears throat> that I don't want really to get lost in the shuffle because they were equally important. I want you, Tia, to give me your thoughts on, excuse me, on Dina and Brad and their relationship and how that relationship drastically changed uh, a lot for Sydney this season. So, just to make sure I, I know the answer, but Brad was Dina's boyfriend, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I really like Dina. Um, I like the idea of, and this is where I say that I kind of identified with Sydney a little, because I have a best friend, and actually, Juwan, you met her at uh, New York Comic Con, and Cindy and I have been best friends since high school. Um, and, you know, we met, and I was always, like, the goth punk kid in high school, and she also liked, like, Good Charlotte, Sun 41, all that, but she started dating this guy, I won't name names, okay, but she started dating this guy, and he was, like, very popular in high school, and so, you know, she would hang out with his friends, which was fine, but, you know, then I was kind of, like, the weirdo friend, you know, uh, to the point where even, like, she would tell me, like, oh, you know, his friends think you're weird. And I'm like, cool, okay, they're weird for being like jocks and shit, you know? So I felt like that identification. Um, and I like that Dina, she she didn't intentionally ever push Sydney away. It's just, you know, when you're a high school girl, you know, trying to balance, like, your awkward antisocial friends but also wanting to, like, have a romantic relationship because you're in high school and hormones are just running rampant. It's like, what do you do, you know? But she, you know, she never uh, made Sydney feel bad about, like, who she was or anything. It's just that, you know, she was just living her life. And for someone like Sydney, who, like, clung so desperately onto Dina, um you know, that's just that situation. Like, sometimes, and we'll talk about it, obviously, with uh, the Dina and Sydney uh, relationship, but sometimes I truly just felt that Sydney just wanted to be Dina, to be this, you know, beautiful girl who has such an easier time in high school than Sydney does. 
And then, of course, we have Brad, which, as I said, I identified with Sydney in that way where you're just like, you're a tool. Like, that's all you are is a tool. Um, and one of my favorite, like, and God, I hope Cindy doesn't even listen to this podcast that I'm thinking about, but sorry. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been friends forever. You know how I feel about your high school boyfriend. But anyway, um, freaking one of my favorite scenes in the, the show is when you find out Brad was cheating on Dina, which, all right, yeah, I guess I get, like, Jenny's, like, you know, the badass, like, rocker chick and everything, but Dina's gorgeous. Like, why would you cheat on that? But anyway, you find out that he cheated, and Brad's like, come on, Sydney, we just did a truce. And, like, you don't even need to see Sydney say anything. She just goes, <gasps> like, as if she's about to say something, and then the next thing you see is Brad running after Dina. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, so I like that. But you knew that Brad was going to cause problems for Sydney later on because he had like a vengeance because he couldn't see in his head that he was the one who did something wrong to him. It's like, Oh no, this is all Sydney's fault. Like I didn't do anything wrong. She ruined this relationship uh, and I need to get at her. And that like end scene, I know that you were like super blown away with like the very, very last scene. But for me, nothing topped that freaking homecoming scene at all, which also, it's a very odd thing because I went to Catholic school, and I don't know if, like, it's just a thing that Catholic schools don't have homecoming, but we had prom, and I am always so confused at the process, the aspect of homecoming, because we never had one. So, yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I don't know where to begin. I, I I'm sorry. I threw a lot out no. there. No, 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 no. I, I just mean I don't even know where to begin with describing this, this relationship. It was so toxic. Um, I mean, it was just, it was really bad, and I thought it was hilarious um, when Sydney just made his nosebleed in the restaurant. I'm like, good for you, Sydney. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I didn't see it coming that Sydney was falling in love with Dina, because um, I. I I go ahead. I'm sorry. I kind of saw no, no. it when when they were at the the house party and they were dancing, and you could kind of see this like transformation in the way the two of them are looking at each other. I was just like, something is not platonic here. Yeah, I I honestly didn't even pick up on that. I. When I was younger, I had, um, when I lived in Virginia, I had a friend who was my only friend. And obviously, he had, like, a lot of friends in the neighborhood or at school or whatever. Um, so he would always hang out with them all the time. And I'm like, what What the heck? Like, <laughs> I've known you since I was three. Like, are we going to hang out? You know, or are you just going to hang out with, with your so-called cool friends all the time? So, like, that's what I thought it was. And then it wasn't until... They were laying down, and she kissed her, and I was like, whoa, okay, never mind. I can't compare. <laughs> I, I've i never went that route, Sydney. Like, <laughs> I didn't need a friend that bad. Um, so I was like, I, I didn't know that's where it was going. And what the biggest shocker was that the season ends with Dina essentially going, maybe I love you too. 
maybe I don't like yeah. him either. And I was like, what the, what is going on here? What, what does this turn into? Um, but it's such a realization of the real world to where, um, and we don't have to get into the politics of it, but you do have a lot of people that feel as though they're born that way. And you do have a lot of people that feel as though it's something that you kind of grow into. It, it's, it's once you figure out what kind of does it for you. And <laughs> shout out to you guys, this guy, um, <laughs> Stanley was was the um, <laughs> was how she figured she was gay. Um, she was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that happened, and I didn't like any of it." <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and like, he did I, it I really so, well, though. You know what? That is a that is a real. He's not a man yet, but that is a real man because that is not easy to take. Because essentially, she is telling you not that you made her gay, but you didn't help. <laughs> like you didn't. You clarified everything in that one moment that she was like, "Yeah, I kind of felt like this wasn't for me." I a hundred percent now know this was not for me. Um, and I mean, he was truly, because to me, I always view it to where it's like, if you tell someone that you really care for them, you really care about them, you want what's best for them, you then have to still keep that same energy and want what's best for them, even if it isn't you. And I think Stanley kind of came to grasp with that. Um, but that whole sequence of that last episode, I was just like, wait a minute, Dina's Wait, Dina, you what? <laughs> what is happening here? So, I mean, the way that I I assume it will play out, we'll we'll get a little bit more into this. Is I assume what's going to play out is we're going to see the dynamic of when Dina finds out Sydney's responsible for her douchebag ex dying like very badly, um, and then it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out to where. Um, it's like, wait a minute, you blew his head up? <laughs> like, how? Um, but uh, that shit was gonna so be, great. It was awesome because I didn't see it coming. Like, I thought she was gonna like blow him back or scream, and everyone goes goes flying back or something. When it, the head exploded, I was like, I couldn't even catch my breath. I'm like, I think I'm about to die. <laughs> what, what did I see? <laughs> like, what was that? Um, but leading into our next um, our next topic, which is the ending. Dom, I'm going to kick it to you. Anything you wanted to add on the relationship between Dina and um, – wow, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Um, Brad. Brad, uh, <clears throat> between Dina and, um, and Brad. And then your thoughts on how their homecoming ended. Like, did you see Dina uh, kind of going, yeah, no, I love you too. Like, did you see any of that? Uh, about to, you know, to manifest? Uh, firstly, I will say that Dina is probably one of the realest friends that I've ever seen on TV <laughs> um, because we've all seen it played out when the best friend tells the uh, her friend or his friend, like, hey, they're cheating on you, and then they get mad at the friend for telling them because they think it's a lie. And Dina was like 100% like she knew it was the truth that, that coming from her friend. And I was like, yes, like I'm glad that you believed her and you didn't get mad at her for telling you. 
Um, and the fact that um, uh, Dina being more of a, um, I guess, popular-ish, like uh, knowing that, you know, she knows that Sydney is looked at as kind of a, you know, uh, outcast. Like she doesn't act any different around anybody else uh, when Sydney's talked about, like when they're in the the uh, the tension and they did the the fuck Mary kill and she's like completely uh, insulted when uh, Jenny was like no one would sleep with her. She's like, what are you? Whoa, sh- chill out. Um, but Brad, Brad, he, I feel like, I don't know if they'll go back to him in, in the second season of like what his backstory is. Cause something, I, I, you know, I, playing sports, there are some guys who are just plain douchebags. They're just like, they know this is where they peak. They like, I want to be the king of the school type of situation. And some of them are, you know, that way. As we've seen played out, that they were like they're bullied inside their own house by their brothers or their dad or something of that sort. Um, he kind of seemed like he just might be a douchebag because of his his status in the school. Um, but and 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 I think that you could kind of tell the whole time that he's just a controlling person. Like when he hurt his ankle and showed up at the party anyway and then got mad at Dina because she wanted to dance with her best friend, and you know that that's her, like, ride-or-die best friend. He, oh, yeah, go ahead and finish your dance. Like, were you really mad about that she wants to dance, bro? She'll be with you in, like, two seconds. Um, So, yeah, like, at that, that scene, that homecoming scene, oh, and to follow up with uh, Tia was saying, we had homecoming at my school, but nobody ever went. Like, it was like you go to the football game and then you, like, go out to eat afterwards because nobody wants to go to this dance. Like, who who wants to – nah. <laughs> um, so it was it – was, it was the, the, the festivities were big, but the actual dance was never that big. Um, but, yeah, like, for one, I think that you can kind of tell, like, the way, like, the – that scene when they walked into the dance in the slow motion and Sydney like grabs the drink out of that girl's hand and drinks it and throws the cup. You could tell there was kind of a transformation uh, happening with not just like their friendship, but with uh, just her as a person kind of, you know, realizing like what she wants um, and, uh, you know, just starting to kind of figure things out. And, I didn't necessarily see the, I, I definitely didn't see the head exploding happening. I didn't I knew something crazy was gonna happen, but for them to completely kill dude, I was like, Whoa shit. They really just they just killed this high school kid. That's that's next level right there. Like he's his head is gone. Um and the funnier part is like to go back and watch that scene and then look at all the background actors right there when it happens, it's kinda of funny. Um but, uh, yeah, that's going to be crazy for them to, like, when Dina finds out, like, oh, that was you? Like, I, I can only, I mean, I don't know, but her personality, she's going to, like, 
well, fuck him then. Like, that, I didn't like him anyway. But at the same time, she was kind of distraught when she saw it happen. But at the same time, you just saw a person's head explode. So I think everybody's going to be like, holy shit, like, this, his head is gone. Um, and that uh, Stanley didn't get a chance to see it at all because he was knocked out. So he's probably going to be hella confused. Um, but that was definitely, like, a satisfying moment <laughs> because that guy, for one, who gets that drunk and goes to a school function in high school, um, and the principal, like, for some reason, teachers, like, in these shows never really have any backbone. Like, he takes the microphone from you and you just let him rant about another student. Like, you just going to let him bully a student in front of everybody. All right, cool. Um, but, uh, right? nah, like, what teacher would do that? <laughs> right. Uh, but it was definitely a satisfying moment. And yeah, I, I was, I was shocked. I, was, I looked, I was looking around the room when I was by myself, but I'm looking around like, did anybody else see this? Like his, his head is gone. Oh shit. Um, but yeah, that was a definitely, definitely a, uh, a great way for them to end it. And I didn't, I was so disappointed how it ended because of, like you said, uh, I was like, that's, have to wait now like I have to wait possibly a year for season two like this is what is what is this I need more um but yeah that that was crazy I was about to throw hands go ahead I was about to throw hands when Brad (laughs) Stanley out I was like "Don't, don't you get it what I was like, and by the way, again, attest to how much of an MVP Stanley is because he just heard uh, that, you know, the reason why Sydney doesn't like him like that is because she's in love with her best friend, and he doesn't get all, like, butthurt about it. He's like, don't you dare call my BFF, you know, a you-know-what. Don't you dare read her deepest, darkest secrets. And freaking Brad just knocked down. I was like, oh, you're going to – Something bad's gonna happen to you. I didn't expect the head to explode, but I was like, something bad is gonna happen to you right now. No, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna kick it to you because I know how much you you enjoyed that. Um, so I mean, no, I mean it was just it was one of those moments to where it was like she now has to live with that. Um, as much as we do enjoy the fact that Brad got his coming up. Um, it now is a great character uh, development for Sydney because she now has to live with that. Um, so does she go off? Like, does she run away? Run away? Uh, or did she run home? Um, you know, because you would imagine um, once you see, you know, something crazy like that happen, uh, you kind of don't want to be near people anymore because you're like, what if? you know, my teacher yells at me and I get really angry and his head explodes. Like, I don't know how to control any of this. But it leads us into, as as we wrap up here, um, the last scene that we saw, which was when Sydney felt as though someone was following her in the library and following her down the street and stuff like that. Turns out it was actually real. It wasn't just her imagining things or, or, or being, um, you know, overtly, uh, you know, uh, there's some word for it. My blank, my brain is going blank. Um, but we see that it's a shadowy figure who forms into a man and says, 
I believe I'm paraphrasing here, but I believe he said something along the lines of let's begin. Um, so I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is crazy. So, I mean, I have a lot of questions and do you do a time jump like six months later, eight months later? Um, like, what do you do? So T, I'll go to you first with seeing the very last scene, uh, of the, you know, of the show, of the season, sorry, um, where, like, where did your mind go? Like, was it like, oh, my God, like, now she has a mentor, so, you know, she'll probably go about everyday life and train with him? Or were you like me thinking, there's a really good chance she can go away with him and then, like, come back months later? Well, I don't think that the ending necessarily shocked me because as soon as she got up to that water tower or whatever it was and the camera shot kind of started like pulling back I was like all right they're not going to just have that there was this figure following her and that's not going to pay off at the end um and I had a feeling to me I don't know what the comic says or anything I'm not going to read anything I'm not going to read books whatever but I think it's her dad. I think it's her dad because they they mentioned the father so much. They mentioned what, you know, was affecting him. It's either the dad or it's whoever was, you know, inflicting the father. Um, to me, I'm like, all right, they got some other world shit. It's going to be like season one was you discovering your shit and going through your school trials and tribulations. Season two is there is more serious shit at hand than homecoming. Um, and that's what we're going to deal with because you have powers and you clearly have seen now how utterly like strong you can be. And we're going to now harness this and we're going to fine tune it. Um, it's very well that he could take her away and go to train her because it wouldn't necessarily make sense for her to, go back home, uh, I feel like, obviously, cops are going to show up at some point. You know, uh, the one of the students who was the closest, uh, you know, to the guy when his head exploded ran away, and we haven't seen her since. So I feel like that's going to come into play. Um, and then, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Stanley, when he was waking up from being knocked out, noticed that her diary was picked up by someone. So someone has the freaking diary at this point, so that has to come into play. And it could be one of those things where more people are going to find out. Certainly Dina, um, if she hasn't figured something out already, is going to find out. But uh, going back to that final scene, I don't think it necessarily shocked me. I kind of saw it coming. But in my gut, and I could be wrong here, I feel like it's her father. See, the reason why I don't think it's her father is um, they they said there was, obviously, you know, the mother found the body. Um, and I think they might go the route of whatever this power is her dad had, and he couldn't control it. So since he couldn't get it out of him, it drove him mad, and that's why he killed himself. Um, so maybe she then has to face the moment of, do I want this? Or do I want to find a way to where it's like, I can get rid of this because this is what killed my dad. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't be shocked because that's what I originally thought, Tia. And then I'm kind of like, 
this show never felt cliche for me. So I'm like, why start now? It'd be such a cliche if um, that person was her dad or that her dad was still alive. Um, it would just, because it would, because think of it like this, Tia. If that is her dad, would it shock you? I mean, no, sorry, I had myself on mute yeah. for a second because there was like sirens in the background, but. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. It, <laughs> it wouldn't, it, right? It so wouldn't. That's what it, it wouldn't. Go ahead. I'm just saying it wouldn't. Yeah, so I mean, that to me is the epitome of it being a cliche. It wouldn't shock you because we would all kind of, somewhere deep down, we all kind of felt like, that could be your dad. So if it happens, it's like, I, I kind of saw it coming. Um, same as like when you, you do like a, a suspenseful horror movie, Dom, and it's like um, the girl hasn't seen her father in, in 15 years. He just disappeared. And then it's like the first thing you think is, you know, this killer might be her father. Like that's the first thing you think. And then if you're wrong, you're yeah. like, now I'm surprised. But if it turns out it's her dad, you're like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. Like I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> So I'm kind of like I, I don't think they're gonna be that much of a cliche to you. That's the only that's the only reason why, that I'm like it, it just shouldn't be her dad. Um, it should be that he's actually dead. Um, she has to deal with the ramifications of that and the possibility of maybe he had this power also and maybe that's what drove him mad. Um, you know, because when you're an adult, there's a thousand things that can get you angry at any given moment way more than being a child <laughs> getting upset at things. Like, think about how angry we are just driving. Like, how stupid we think people are on the road. Um, that, for sure, could have gotten her father to just, like, blow up a thousand heads, uh, you know, alone. So I'm like, maybe that drove him mad. Um, I just hope they don't go the obvious, the cliche. But I pass it to you, Dom. Do you kind of see it the same way uh, as Tia to where it's like, it, it could very well be her dad. Um, or, or do you kind of see it to where you're like, it just feels a little cliche-ish. You know, I think I said that horribly wrong. But it just feels a little like it's a cliche. I'll say that. Um, like, where do you land and how shocked were you at that very last scene of, of the season? Um, so, first off, I was thinking to myself, like, what's the significance of that tower? I couldn't remember why they have, like, she got went to it in the first place. But what I kind of think that, because it was mentioned kind of twice, um, so we know that her dad was in the military and something bad had happened where he killed a bunch of people. And um, when they were going through the comic books and Stanley was trying to be her mentor figure he mentioned military um experimentation and i feel if, since the, the fact that it was mentioned twice i feel like that could possibly be a thing and that the figure that was following her could possibly be like you know like she was like you were saying a, a uh, person that was possibly gave the dad the powers or was um training him in some way and that possibly that he wanted uh, the, her dad to do some things that he couldn't come to do, whether it endanger his family or he maybe he could turn into a weapon to go kill a lot of people. Because, you know, we know that 
a lot of times when soldiers go overseas and they have to do a lot of things, unspeakable things, they come back and they're not the same mentally. So, you know, if you have this guy who is not only has the same powers or possibly gave them to you and knows how to use them um, better than you do, and he can manipulate you in a certain way, and he's like, you know what, maybe he, he's got to the point of I can't come to, uh, to bring myself to do these heinous acts you want me to do, and then maybe he just decided to end it to protect his family. But And maybe that's why they, you know, she kept saying that they moved around. Maybe he's been running from this guy for, you know, years, and he thought, like, he's, he's always going to find me, so maybe I just end it. <clears throat> and then, but he, him not knowing that I passed this down to my daughter, and the guy kind of maybe saw glimpses of the daughter at an early age doing something, and now he's just been keeping tabs on her and waiting for the powers to, you know, uh, not be dormant anymore. Um, so that's kind of where I'm thinking it may go. Because um, I don't, re- I get it, like, I don't, I really, because that was my thing too. I thought that it might be the dad initially. And then I was like, ah, is there a way that he could fake his death? Or, and maybe there's a way that she is so powerful that she's able to, reanimate her dad at some point. I don't know. Uh, that's, that might be too far-fetched for this series, but um, I do feel like we're going to get more of a backstory for the dad, but I do think the figure is like someone who knows the dad and is wait, was waiting on her to come of age for this thing the whole time. So maybe it's, it could be a grand a grandfather figure or something of that sort. So, yeah, I do think it's a guy who has been around for a while and knows the family pretty well. And there's some things that the mom probably knows a little bit that she's not saying because she doesn't know that Sydney's going through these same things yet. I do hope this show goes through the same thing. Sorry, I had myself on mute and was talking and then realized <laughs> I had myself on mute. Um, I do hope this show goes through what Castlevania did, which was first season was four, second season was eight, and I believe this season was like either 10 or 12. Um, So I hope they progressively build with episodes. But what I do not want this show to do, which is the biggest reason why I hate the CW, I don't like fillers. I don't like fillers. I feel as though if you need fillers, shorten your season. Shorten it. So I watch Stranger Things, and I'm always like, there's one episode where it's like, oh, we're all mad at each other, and that's the episode. That's a filler to me. Don't ever give me an episode like that. I don't care. If something's not blowing up, powers aren't being used, it's a filler. Get rid of it. So if this show wants to go from – how many was was in this season? Eight, right? Seven or eight? Um mm-hmm. If you want to go maybe, let's say, same amount or 12, I'm fine with that, but I don't want fillers. Um, so, I mean, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing. Stay true. Stay on course. I'm really curious. Tia, you were saying this was a, this was a comic book before? Comic book or a, or a novel. It's based on something. I'll pull it up really quick. Yeah, because I, I didn't know any of that, and I usually don't like to know any of that because um, I told you guys when I stopped wanting to do that was when I had read um, Civil War, 
right before Captain America Civil War was coming out. Um, and, of course, I knew, like, you weren't going to have Wolverine and those guys there. I'm not stupid. But I did think it would be a lot closer <laughs> to the comic um, than, it, than it ended up being. Go ahead. It says it's based on the comic book of the same name by Charles Forsman. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, by, my, uh, my mind. Go ahead. Uh, by Fantastic Comics? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. There you go. Thomas. Um, yeah, no, my mindset is always I, I don't like to read the comic until after I've watched either the full movie or the full series, only because I don't really want to build expect unreal expectations on like, yo, this is really dope, they did this and then they're like, We really don't know how to do that on, on the big screen or in, in a TV show. So I'm not going to read this comic. I, I don't even want to know any more about it. Um, I'm actually mad that Tia told me it was a comic. Um, but, no, I I, I don't like to kind of – no, 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 you're fine. I, I don't like to base anything off of anything. So I, I'm really happy that I have not heard that it was a comic till now. Um, I'm going to keep it that way. I'm going to pretend that I don't know that it was and continue to think that um, this was an original concept. That was just freaking awesome. Um, so in closing, uh, Tia, if there was any scenes you wanted to point out, any expectations or any thing that you really hope to see in season two, um, yeah, let, let, let me know definitely, uh, as, as we, uh, we, we wrap this up. So real, two things really quick. Um, the, one of the scenes that I love the most is Stanley and Sydney in the bowling alley trying to train Sydney and they make it seem like it's going to be this epic montage and then it just like cuts to like this show does it so well where it's like music and it's so amazing and then it cuts to like you know the reality of the like situation where Sydney is just staring at a bunch of stacked up cans and then later like Stanley like pushes all those uh, you know off of the counter and he's like I'm going to have to clean that up and I was like all I was thinking about <laughs> in my head I'm like you're going to have to clean that up but um I guess what I'm expecting in season two is definitely to see the dynamic uh, now of Dina and Sydney because even though it seems like they may have moved into more of a romantic relationship, this whole thing with Sydney's powers and killing uh, Brad may definitely uh, drive a wedge. Dina seems more like the person that isn't going to so much be freaked out that her best friend. Um, just caused some sort of horrible atrocity, but more so is going to be offended that Sydney didn't feel comfortable telling her, but divulged this in Stanley, who she essentially just met. Um, and then, of course, you know, my, my man Stanley there, you know, like uh, the trio definitely needs to have a really good time with each other. We need more of him and his fashion, iconic looks and everything. And I don't know. Like, maybe the three of them, like, have, like, some sort of trio relationship. It's 2020. The world is just full of possibilities. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to see the dynamic of the three of them um, as a team uh, and what that would look like. Uh, And the idea of, like, I I, I don't even know what a villain would look like in this world. Yeah. so I'm just really curious on how that all would, would really play out. Um, but Dom, what scene uh, did you want to mention before we wrapped up 
and what are you hoping for and your expectations for a, a season two? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, one of the, my favorite uh, scenes was just the uh, kind of Ocean's Eleven uh, still in the camera scene when they're trying to when she blows uh, all the books down the library and she's like, oh no, there's a camera in here that saw everything, and then they all seemingly kind of were mad at each other in a in a small way, but they come together and like, hey, we gotta figure this thing out. Even though she lied and said, oh, me and Stanley had sex in the library, and he's like, yeah, we 69 and everything, and she's like, yeah, that's a little too far. But um, <laughs> just that, that, just that whole like, you know, uh, that you really someone they they're a really tight clique, even though they don't really know it yet. Um, it kind of showed, like, if push comes to shove, that they got each other's back. Um, and like like he was saying, the the soundtrack for this show, just like the end of the effing world, is really good. It's a lot of songs I had never heard of uh, and, and genres that I don't listen to on a regular basis. But hearing some of those songs, luckily I listened to it with the uh, captions on. I can see the name of these songs and go on Apple Music and look them up. Um, but for expectations for season two, I really just want to see um, kind of more chaos. I, I kind of want to see, you know, her kind of unravel a little bit because of what she's done uh, and then, you know, what's going to happen with the uh, the love triangle uh, because Stanley's feelings are not going to go away, especially the when he really feels, like figures out, like, you're a legit superhero type um and uh and then possibly seeing like if this guy the mysterious figure is a uh a villain or if he's actually trying to help yeah no i mean the scene that really uh, stood out to me the most was uh the actual library scene um when you kind of just see her kind of creeping around and then she runs back in there to get Get Stanley's attention, and she's like, "Yeah, there's a problem." <laughs> and we kind of see, we kind of see that she exploded the damn library. Um, <laughs> so I mean, you know, it just it, it that to me was just so much fun, and I agree with you, Dom. That leads right into uh, how much fun it was to see them go oceans uh, to retrieve this footage. It, it was so much fun. Uh, my expectations are for all shows that are like this about um, someone that's just learning their powers. I want to see the moment where she's able to control it and harness it uh, and then use it. But again, I don't know what the hell she, she fights in this world. So I, I don't know if it's other people that are powered like her. Um, it, it's funny because my guilty pleasure is, um, God, it's this movie. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, I'm going to talk and look it up because this movie I thought was so great um, that everyone w- would tell me it was such a bad movie, such a, such a horrible movie. Um, and I loved it. And I got the same feel in that. Obviously, it was a, a little older, but I got the same kind of feel from that. Um, looking for the actor because the actor is how I could find it. But, um, yeah, so why I find this, um, my my biggest expectation is, Seeing, and Tia, actually, I wanted this to say, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is seeing who um, Stanley's love interest is for season two. Um, because yeah, because it can't think... be... Go ahead. It, it, it can't be that 
girl Mercedes because he is way too much of a pot smoker for him to date someone who is not into weed. She was like, that leads to heroin and MDMA and da 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 da, and then yeah. it leads to death. And he was so iconic with, well, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's why you got to freaking love Stanley. But the movie I, I was referring to was I Am Number Four. Um, oh, I think that yeah. was a very slept-on movie. I loved every second of that movie. And that very much was a guy coming into the idea of, of his powers. And once he was able to harness that, that movie got a lot much more fun. So I am curious to see when Sydney really can grasp her power. Because um, then, I can tell you guys now, the biggest storyline of next season will be if Dina finds out uh, about Sydney, the biggest thing will be that the roles reverse, that Dina will now be jealous of the fact that Sydney has all this power. Um, and I am curious, will we see the Jessica Jones kind of feel to where um, when Wildcat found out, you know, like, she was like, there's a way to get what Jessica has. I want it. Um, will we see Dina get that jealous, or, or will Dina just be the, the loving girlfriend uh, sidekick? Uh, I doubt it. Um, but, I mean, there's just, just so many endless monster. possibilities. No, I, I'm with you, Thea. I'm with you. I want monsters. I don't know if monsters are a thing in this universe or if it's shadowy figures. I don't know. But I'm very much looking forward um, to a season two because this show just – it was – it reminded me of everything that I loved about End of This Effing World that first season. The second season, Dom, wasn't as good as the first season. Yeah. But um, that first season really blew me away. The writing, the acting, the directing, the music choices, how real it felt. Um, everything about it was just so freaking beautiful. But as we wrap up here, I want to give credit to, again, Jonathan Entwistle, I think I'm pronouncing his, his last name correctly. I could be wrong. Again, the brilliant mind behind End of This Effing World and this show did an amazing job. Tia, I have to ask you before we go, did this show live up to all the hype that I gave it? <laughs> uh you know, I, I would say so. I would say so. I, I liked it. Um, I feel like it picked up a lot more than, say, Stranger Things. And I'm going to just continue uh, comparing it there. But I, I think it did. I'm I'm happy that the two of you spoke so highly about it and that it inspired me to watch it. So, yes, absolutely. Good. I'm glad because I, I am known to hype a lot of things unnecessarily. But when I love something, I, I love the hell out of something. And that's the exact feel I got as soon as I watched the show. And I remember it wasn't until I, I saw, like, I, I remember when I saw the trailer, I was like, I have no interest in this. Like, it just feels like it. It feels like she was in Hansel and Gretel, the newest uh, Hansel and Gretel. Also, I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing this girl too much, and I'm not liking it. Um, so then when I saw, like, she had powers in the trailer, I'm like, okay. And then, like, when it came out, I watched it, and I'm like, I can't stop watching it. Like, I, I couldn't move from – I finished the whole uh, season in that one sitting because I couldn't get up from it. It was so compelling. Um, but, Dom, uh, you, you loved it also. We were kind of what, what got Tia into, into, into watching it. But um, I'll ask you more so because you gave it a few more watches than me and Tia did. 
Um, out of ten, what would you give it? Um, man, I uh, I really can't find too many things wrong with it. Um, I'm gonna give it like a, just because it's hard to get perfect. I'm gonna give it a, like a nine point five. Yeah, no, I'm with you. The only thing I've ever given a ten out of ten to was um, Godfather. Uh, I, I I don't think anything has ever been better cinematically than The Godfather. Like everything has something wrong, and I, I if I had to say something wrong about this that I'm not giving it um, a full ten out of ten, it's because teen dramas to me are a bit boring because I feel as though the CW is nothing but a huge teen drama. Um, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. over it. I'm kind of just over the whole idea of teen dramas. So that's the one negative I give it. I'm just sick of teen dramas. But it did it very well. Like, it reminded me of high school, like, immediately. And I'm like, God, see my life? Um, so they did a great job of it. But, um, yeah, so that's the one knock, if any, I, I, I could give it. But, yeah, I'm with you, Dom. Nine and a half out of ten. And that's only off one watch. I am curious what I'll feel after I, I go through it again. Um, but, Dom, Tia, I want to thank you guys for joining me to reviewing I Am Not Okay With This, um, season one. Great season. Tia, we're on a roll. We have done three <laughs> Netflix reviews. In the course of two and a half weeks, they got to start paying us for this, Tia. Um, yes. yes. But we definitely, me, you, and Dom have to get in the group chat and see what our next TV review will be about. Because um, I'm curious how many other shows. Because um, I will say Tia is why I watched um, Ultra Carbon Season 2. Tia is why I watched um, Marcos Mexico. Uh, so I am curious what else we can kind of get each other into watching that we actually enjoy. Um, so that's definitely going to be a group chat thing between the three of us uh, going forward. Um, but again, thank you guys for joining me. This has been an amazing episode of Geek Labs Live Review. And here's till, till next time. Peace. See ya. Peace.